0: Well, this morning, uh, just just in case you might not know who I am, I my name is Neil Hubbard, and I am the worship pastor here at Trinity. And I have been the worship pastor here uh, August of of this year was my seventh year here, so uh, slightly over seven years. Well, thank you very much. I think I'll say another seven. Thank you. <laughs> um, but some of you um, might not know this, but. Uh, a year ago last August, um, I made the decision to step down uh, from my position as worship pastor and because uh, just there were some things in my life that I needed to get right. there were some things in my life that that I needed to fix and so this message today is going to kind of reflect what I have learned over the past year and kind of where this past year's journey has has brought me to. Um, so, if you're taking notes today, you can write down on your journal or your iPhone or whatever. The title of this message is Relationship Determines Response. Relationship Determines Response. And before I ever came along, my dad prayed for a long time that if God would give him a child, that he would give it back to the Lord for his service and do everything possible to raise him the way he should go. So at around 10 weeks old, one of the first major events of my life was that my parents dedicated me to the Lord. So I have been in church my entire life. There has never been a point in my life where I have not either been connected to or serving in a church in some kind of a capacity. I knew at an early age, that there was a calling on my life and that I was gifted musically to accompany that calling. I started leading worship in children's church while I was in children's church. So all of my life, up until about a year ago, there have only been a handful of Sundays that I haven't been on a platform either singing, playing an instrument, or preaching, and sometimes doing all three I have seen the Lord do amazing things in my life. I have been a part of mighty moves of God. I have seen people healed. I have been healed myself. I have seen people delivered. I have seen demons cast out of people. I have never doubted that the Lord is real and he is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do because I've seen it. I was a part of a move of God in Brownsville at Pensacola, Florida, that forever changed my life. The things that I saw there, the things that I heard there, the things that were imparted into my life has made me never going to be satisfied with just the status quo, but I want to see revival in the church. I have seen God move. I've heard the Lord speak to me, tell me very specific things. When I was in high school and I was trying to decide what I wanted to do uh, and where I wanted to go to school, at that time, the, the revival in Pensacola, they actually had a college. And I had been planning on going to this college, which is funny because Pastor Adam went to that college. We had no idea who each other was, but we would have gone to school together had I gone there. Just a quick, that, that's for free. You know, I'm not going to charge you for that one. So I had been planning on going to this, this college And me and my two best friends, I'm talking about like we're brothers. We went down to Pensacola a couple months before we were supposed to go to school. We found this awesome brand new apartment. We would have been the first people to live in this apartment. We were going to be a couple of miles away from the beach. We were going to be there, a part of this move of God. And one Wednesday night in a youth service, as clear and as plain as I am speaking to you right now, the Lord told me, he said, that's not what I have for you. And I was like, hold up a minute, God. <laughs> we are going to be living in a brand new apartment, going to be next to the beach in Florida. I think you got it wrong, God. <laughs> you need to go back and pray because I don't think you heard from the Lord on that one. I think I'm supposed to be there. But as a result of that, I ended up going to Central Bible College in Springfield. And, and just a back I am adopted. So I went to this school. And come to find out, it is where my biological mother went to college. And just so happens, I was in class with my family every day and didn't even know it. I ended up meeting my biological father through all of this. And I'm telling you, if Oprah ever wants a good story, I got one. (laughs) So I've heard God speak to me. Tell me very specific things and directions for my life. I've even have the Lord speak to me in the middle of a message and I'll say somebody is struggling with this or somebody is sick with this disease and I'll call it out and it's so specific and I love to watch people's faces in amazement because God has stopped a service to call something out that they're dealing with. God has spoken to me so I know that I've heard the voice of the Lord in my life. I've had people even from different countries. My wife and I took a trip to Brazil a couple of years ago And this man spoke something into my life and said something about my life that there is no way. He didn't even speak English. There's no way he could have known what I was dealing with all the way back up here in Fayetteville, but he spoke something to me. So I have heard the voice of the Lord. So I've heard him. I've felt him. I've seen him move. But the problem, hear me, the problem in my life was I got to a place where I did not know him. I've seen him move, I've heard him, I've felt him, but I didn't know him. My ministry and my giftings, the time I spent growing those and cultivating those became the face of a relationship with the Lord that was non-existent. I was just like what he says, in Matthew 15:8 They honor me with their words with their mouths but their hearts are far from me. You see because I had a relationship with the ministry and not with the Lord who called me, it allowed me to respond to things in my life in such a way that I felt disqualified me from platform ministry. You see a relationship to your ministry will never be enough to determine a response that will keep you qualified to continue to minister. A relationship to this church will not ever be enough to determine a response that will keep you close to the Lord. Only a real and an intimate daily relationship with the Lord will keep you qualified and will keep you close to him. Relationship determines response. What do I mean by that? You think about it, in your own life, your relationships to people, to places, and even to things will determine how you respond. Here's a prime example. Because I love the Razorbacks, heartbreak is usually my response. (laughs) That's my relationship with them, and then I have to repent because of the anger in my heart. Hello. I, I see that hand back there, brother. Hey, But we did win yesterday, though, so hey. So, my relationship is happy for once. You know, I can come to church and not have to shake the weight of the Razorbacks losing off so I can worship. Hello. Because of my, oh, I'm about to preach right here. Somebody needs to get ready to shout. Because of my relationship with the chicken Slovaki plate from Cosmos Greek Cafe with an order of fries and a four ounce tzatziki sauce, I get a little more excited than I should about the food because it's good. And I'm going to tell you, like I told the first service, whatever you're doing in your life, just stop and go to Cosmo's Greek Cafe and try their food because it's awesome. Yes, I do want a free meal because I said that in the pulpit. (laughs) But I get a little more excited about that than I should because I have a relationship with it because it's so good. And when my when my wife actually lets me get it, I get excited, and that's right. I said when she lets me because husbands think about your relationship with your spouse. Hello, I'm preaching good now. You know, you know how to respond to her based on your relationship. Just like you know, you know you could say that one magical sentence that would either get her off your back so you could watch the game, or you know what to say in order to keep that fight going all night. Hello. Yeah, (laughs) I know you know what I'm talking about out there. But your relationship will determine that response. Because the relationship that I have with my wife And because I want that relationship to be right, it causes me to want to respond to her in a way that will deepen our relationship and cause it to grow. But here's the thing, on the flip side of that, because my relationship with the Lord wasn't right, none of my other relationships were either. I would dare say that everything in our lives hinges upon our relationship with the Lord. Would you agree with that? It's like Ezekiel says, it's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. If the center wheel is off, then the whole thing's going to be off. He's the center of everything. Because I didn't have a right relationship with the Lord, it changed how I responded to some areas of my life. It allowed me to do things and make decisions that affected my relationship with my wife. It affected my relationship with my parents. It affected my relationship with my friends. And it affected my relationship with this church. And let me just take a moment to say that uh, there really are no words that I could say in gratitude to thank Pastor Darren and this staff and this deacon board to allow me to stay on full-time and walk through the journey that I did last year. Let me tell you, this is gonna sound funny. This is a great place to come and mess up. Think about what I just said. This is a great place to come and be a human being that makes mistakes because there is grace in this house. And I truly am forever grateful to those men and the one lady, Angie. <laughs> that walked with me through this journey this last year of my life for years of my life man for years i'm 31 years old i know i look 24 for years of my life it's the jeans they have holes in it makes me look younger hello i'm just kidding my mom is going to be so mad when she sees this and i wore holy jeans i'm sorry i didn't wear a suit mom i'm just kidding i love you she's not watching um, <laughs> for years of my life Years I invested into a relationship with ministry and not with a relationship to the Lord. I was more concerned about protecting my position more than I was concerned with disciplining myself to protect my relationship with the Lord. You can't even do ministry without a relationship with the Lord, it doesn't even make sense. Because the anointing that we seek, when we stand on this platform, the anointing that we ask for, it is a result of our relationship with Christ and time spent in prayer. The problem was, is I got to a point where I stopped praying. I stopped spending time in the Word of God. Church just became a job to me. It was something that I did, and it stopped being who I was. Now, I would pray. I I promise you I would pray when I needed to come up with a good sermon. (laughs) I would read the word when I wanted to find that one really good scripture that I could get up here and get my hanky out and preach on. I got to a point where I was seeking his hand and not his heart. I was saying, okay, what can my relationship with ministry do for me instead of what can my relationship with God do for others, which is the very essence of ministry? I got really good at doing church. Man, I was good at it. I could get up here, and I could sing, and I could play, and I could lead people. I was good at it. I looked the part. I said the right things. I did the right things. For years of my life I did this. I was dedicated to ministry but not disciplined to having a relationship with the Lord. Because you know, how many of you know by a show of hands, it takes discipline to have a relationship with anybody It's a discipline. It's something that you have to do. It's something that you have to work on. It doesn't just happen. You don't just have a relationship with somebody. It's an effort that you have to give. So in the middle of this thing that I'm going through this past year, I did what any good worship pastor does in his office time is I was on YouTube. (laughs) Because that's where we get our inspiration is on YouTube. (laughs) I see that in. So, I'm on YouTube one day and I'm just searching around for something and and uh anybody heard of this carpool karaoke thing? They get in the car, they sing, and whatever. So Stephen Furtick, who is a pastor of a small church out in uh North Carolina, no, I'm just kidding, it's humongous. Um, he he did this little ride-along thing with this guy, and like they were talking about music they liked, and so I just kind of started skipping through it. And somehow I landed on the perfect spot. And this pastor asked Stephen Furtick, he said he said, Stephen, tell me something that God has been speaking to you in your life. Tell me something that has really been meaning something to you. And he said this phrase, and when he said it, it so impacted me. You can ask the staff. I literally paused it, and I went to everybody in, that, in the office said, you got to hear what Stephen Furtick just said. It so impacted me. And this is what he said. If you have a pencil or a pen, write this down or type it because it's good. This is what he said. The pain of discipline will always be less than the pain of regret. Hmm, let that sink in for a minute. I'm going to say it again so you'll say amen real loud. The pain of discipline will always be less than the pain of regret. And in that moment, as I sat there at my desk and I heard him say that, what immediately hit me down in my soul was if I had just been disciplined enough to spend time in the Word of God, if I had just been disciplined enough to pray and to read my Bible and to spend time with Him, to, to have the discipline to do this, how much heartache could I have saved my wife? How much heartache could I have saved my parents? How much heartache could I have saved my my friends that are on the staff? How much heartache could I have saved all these people had I just been disciplined? But no, now I'm having to live with the regret. Looking back, I I really cannot believe the place that I was mentally and spiritually. It, It truly is scary for me to think about. I think about when... I made this decision, and my dad came up. My dad is one of my best friends, if, if not my best, besides my wife. He's my best friend. And we sat in this hotel room, and his heart, his heart was broken. And I sat there, and I told my dad, I said, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore, Dad. I don't want to do ministry anymore. I'm done. I'm going to find something else to do. I, I'm, I'm really glad that they're giving me this opportunity to stay on staff, but I just, I'm done. And I seriously, I'm not, I'm not making this up. I really was contemplating walking away from it. The thing that I had invested my entire life into I was ready to walk away from because it was the ministry that I was investing in, not a relationship with the Lord. It's easy to walk away from something when it's just a material thing. But a relationship that you have with somebody, you can't just walk away from. But here I was sitting there weeping. I was broken. My heart was broken. My family's heart was broken. And here I am saying that I am done. I don't want to do the thing that I know that God has called me to do. The gifts and abilities that he's given me, I'll just, I'll go find something else to do. That's the place that I was at. But I tell you, it will change your mind when you realize that you're not very good at anything else. (laughs) What am I going to go do, math and be an accountant? No, I won't. This is what God has called me to do. And my fear today is that some of us who are in this room right now, who are watching this live stream right now, that you're in the same boat that I was. I'm not saying that you're living in blatant sin, that you're just sinning all the time, but what I am saying is that you are just doing church. You come to church. You give your tithes and your offerings. You look the part, but there is no real relationship behind any of that. My heart for this church in light of what I have been through the past year and a half of my life, is that we will take the time to be discipled. We will take the time to pray and to spend our time in God's word, to grow together, to create a community where we come and we bear each other's burdens. Not to be a building full of lost people, but a church full of people seeking the lost and pointing them to Jesus Christ, our Savior. That is the response of a church who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. The greatest example that I could give you today of an importance of having a relationship with the Lord is this. We have all heard this verse. Matthew 7, 21 to 23 says, Not everyone who calls to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But he said, I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Let's, let's take that a step further. Let's apply that to us today. We're standing before the Lord. Here, here we are, we're facing our eternity, and we're trying to plead our case. Let me tell you what's not gonna work. Lord, do you know how many planning center uh, requests that I accepted? If you don't know, planning center is what we use in our church to schedule people to do ministry and do what they do at the church. Do you not see how many times that I went back and helped Angie with the kids? Do you not see how many times I was at the church for hours and hours doing these things? God, look at my financial record, That how much I gave to the church. God, I I have this membership. To this church. And you know what he's going to say to you? I'm sorry, I never knew you. Because if there is no relationship with him, you see, because here's the thing. If relationship determines our response now, then our relationship with him will determine his response on that day. If there is no relationship, his response will be, I'm sorry, I never knew you. Because if he was going to say, I never knew you, that would definitely imply that there has to be a relationship. The beauty, the beauty of it is that the God of the universe, I'm talking about the one who says the earth is his footstool the god that breathed the stars and he breathed life into us the one who spoke light into existence that god wants to know you that's the beauty of it i'm talking about the god who sent his only son to die on a cross because he loved you he didn't just call he didn't just want to put you here to use you he wanted to put you here so he could know you that's the beauty of it I think about this all the time. What a waste of my life. What a waste of my life having spent all these years investing into this ministry, investing into my talents, into my abilities. What a waste spending countless nights up here hanging these lights and working on stuff for this church, spending countless thousands of dollars pouring into this place because I want to see it be whatever it could be, all to end my life by hearing the words, I'm sorry, I never knew you. You did a lot of work, but you didn't work on our relationship. You gave a lot of money, but you didn't know me. I want you to examine your life right now. I'm not quite done yet. I'm going to preach to you a little more. Examine your life. Take a look at it right now. You don't have to wait for an altar call. Let me just, I'm going to be very blunt with you today. Is that all right? I'm going to be pretty real with you. You do not have a relationship with the Lord if you are not praying. You do not have a relationship with the Lord if you are not spending time in his word. How else would you have a relationship? Coming to church is not a relationship. It is only a small part of what your relationship with the Lord should consist of. And I promise you, if you're not praying and you are not spending time in the word, you will get tired and you will be burnt out. You know, all we hear about now as a staff is how church attendance in our country today is so low. People just don't come to church. And, you know, given what I've been through the past year, not really having a relationship with the Lord, I can understand why it is hard for people to come and give their time and give their money and give their life to a God that they don't know. I can understand I would go as far to say this this morning, that a lot of people's church attendance probably directly reflects their relationship with God. In my mind, at least coming to church is one of the easiest disciplines there is. Because you know what? I don't really like to read. But you know what I do like? I like coming to the house of God and hanging out with people. I like coming to, to the house of God and feeling his presence. It's the easiest discipline to me. And here's the thing though, but people, you you expect people to believe that you are daily disciplining yourself to spend time in his word and in prayer. You expect people to believe that you are daily disciplining yourself to pick up your cross and follow him, but you can only discipline yourself to come to church once a month? That doesn't make sense. What better way to build our relationship with the Lord than being in his house and being in his presence and being with his people and hearing his word preached with authority? Your relationship determines response. And please know, I I understand that not everybody's going to be at church every Sunday. I get that. But I'm saying, what is taking priority in your life over your relationship with God? When it's easy for you to miss this, I would say check yourself. When it's easy just to shrug off the things of God and say that you'll do them later, I would say you need to check your relationship with the Lord. Relationship determines response. Touch your neighbor and say that this morning. Relationship determines response. And if you're still with me, just give a wave offering like that hey yeah. <laughs> now it's about to get good, okay? I'm going to preach a little bit more if that's all right. We're going to end on a good note. Is that all right? We ain't all going to hell right now. So come on, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We're going we're gonna to get us out of there today. So there are several stories in the Bible that I'm reminded of when I think about relationships determining response, I'm reminded, and what's funny in my mind because I grew up in church, I can't tell these stories and not think of a flannel graph. Anybody know? <laughs> Somebody knows what I'm saying. The flannograph. So here we have the three Hebrew boys. And old King Nebuchadnezzar, he made an image made of gold. And he decreed that when people heard the worship and the, the music start, that they had to bow down and worship this golden uh, image. And whoever didn't was going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So when people heard the music, they bowed, all except for these three fellas. I don't know why I held up two fingers. There's three. So some fellas saw this, and they went to the king, and they said, hey, king, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they have not paid you your full regard. They don't serve the gods that you do. They don't worship the gold image which you have set up. So the old king got pretty hot about that one. So he said, you know, bring them in front of me. So he brought them to him. And he said, I'm going to give you one more chance that when you hear the music, you better bow and you better worship this, this image that I've created. So he asked these three Hebrew boys the question, and it's a great question. I hope people with relationships with the Lord get asked questions like this. This is what the king said, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? You see, the relationship determines response. Listen to what they replied to the king, with their lives literally hanging in the balance. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebi, let me tell you, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hands, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So the Bible says that that so infuriated the king that he said, you know what, you're going in the furnace but we're going to make it seven times hotter. It was so hot, in fact, that the men who brought the three Hebrew boys up to the furnace died because of the heat. That's a hot fire. So here we have the three Hebrew boys. They've been thrown into this fire. The old king's sitting there probably feeling pretty good about himself. And then he looks into the fire. What does he see? Can you just just think about this with me for a minute? The king is sitting here. He's looking in this fire. He hits the guy next to him. He says, hey, bud, how many guys did we throw in that fire? There there was three, I'm pretty sure. Then how is it that I see these men that we tied up and bound and threw in a fire, how is it that I see them loose and now there is a fourth man in the fire who looks like the son of God? So they called, They all, all the worshipers who were there to worship that golden image, they went to the mouth of this fire, and the king called them out. And this is what the Bible says, "...and they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their heads was not singed, nor was their garments affected. The smell of the fire was not even on them." Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angels to his servants who trusted him. They have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies. They should not serve nor worship any other god except their god. Let me tell you something. Their their response was not determined by fear. Their response was not determined by a uh, position. Their response was not even determined by a relationship with a king. Their response was determined by the king of kings and the lord of lords. When your relationship with the lord determines your response, you won't be able to bow down before other gods. When your relationship with the lord determines your response, even if it means losing your life, you will still. Serve and obey and worship and praise the King. Anybody remember Daniel? Remember when he was on the city council in his town, and the Bible says he was so distinguished from the other guys that the King wanted to make him ruler of the whole realm. The other members of the council didn't like this much, so they came up with a plan to try to get rid of him. They said of Daniel, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. He was so committed and devoted to his relationship with the Lord that that's the only thing they could use to trip him up. My God, I wish they could say that about people in our church today. The only thing we have is is he's so committed to his relationship with the Lord. We can't say that he's been down on Dixon Street drinking. We can't say that he's been doing this, that, and the other. All he's got is his relationship with the Lord. So these fellows consulted together to establish this statute and this decree that any man who petitions any God or any other man for the next 30 days except the king will be thrown in the lion's den. Now when Daniel heard this and he knew what had been signed, he knew this decree was in effect, but you know what he did? Here's his response. He in his upper room with his windows opened towards Jerusalem, knelt down three times the same day and prayed and worshiped before his God as was his custom. You see, when you have a right relationship with the Lord, you can't go 30 days without spending time with him. You can't go a day or two or three without spending time with him because you know what happens when you get in that routine and that discipline of worshiping and praying and reading your Bible, you know the days that you don't do it. Hello? Your days don't seem to go as good when your mind isn't fixed and stayed on the Lord. So these men came to David's house. They watched him because they you, you know that they knew what his response was going to be. Daniel's relationship with the Lord is what was going to determine his response, not some statue or decree made by man. So they went back to the king. Daniel, this This one who's the captive of Judah does not regard you, king. Didn't you set this decree out? You signed this thing into effect. Let's go throw his little self into the lion's den. And the king, when he heard these words, was so greatly displeased with himself that he set his heart to deliver Daniel from them. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Isn't it amazing the kind of effect that you have on people when you spend time in the presence of God? Isn't it amazing that your response could even determine somebody else's response when you respond to his presence because you're living and you are are in the word of God, you are praying? The same king who's trying to throw him in the lion's den is now upset because he has to. So the king gave the command. They brought Daniel. They cast him into the den of lions. But the king said this, your God whom you serve continually, Your God, whom you serve continually, will deliver you. They sealed the door. The king went home. The Bible says he was so upset that he fasted all night and his sleep went away from him. The next morning, the king goes down to the lions' den to check. And he says that he ran down in a loud voice with a lamenting voice to Daniel. And then he, he said, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Relationship determines response. Are you ready for this? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God. Has sent his angels to shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. Now the king was so exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel came up out of the den, there was not a scratch, there was not a bone broken, there was no injury because he believed in his God. The king rounded up all the people who tried to to commit this against Daniel, and he threw them and their entire families into the lion's den. That's pretty harsh. But this is what the king said. Your relationship determines response, and when you respond the right way, it will make other people respond. Listen to what the king says. To all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall rule to the end. He delivers and rescues and works signs and wonders in heaven and on the earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Daniel's response was not determined by a relationship with fear or with a position or with a king. It was out of his relationship with the Lord that he was able to respond because of his discipline of praying and worshiping. Several others, when the great multitude came against Judah, they were outnumbered. Jehoshaphat's response was, well, here we go, boys, let's just saddle up and die. No, his response was, you know what? This fight is not ours, but it belongs to God. Let's send out the worshipers. After David sinned with Bathsheba, she bore a child, and the prophet Nathan came and told him about all this calamity that was about to come to his house. And after his child died because of his sin, do you know what he did? He said he went to the house of God and he worshiped. When Paul and Silas were imprisoned in the midnight hour, their response was not God has forgotten about us. No, their response was to praise and to worship. And the Lord not only set them free, but he saved the jailer. In the book of Luke, when one of the ten lepers was cleansed, his response was to go back to Jesus. Because of that response, Jesus said this to him. He said, go you are made whole. The other nine were cleansed, but the one that came back to give praise to God and praise to Jesus, he was made whole. As a children, as a child of the Most High God, we can no longer allow our circumstances, our feelings, our moods, our traditions, our pride, our preference, and our prejudice to control and determine our response. It has got to come. Our our response has got to come from a relationship. That will determine our response. And our response has to be prayer. Our response has to be worship. Our response has to be giving. Our response has to be obedience and holiness and righteousness before the Lord. You see, because when your relationship with the Lord determines your response, that's when you can expect him to be the fourth man in the fire. You can expect him to be the hand that keeps the lion's mouth shut. You can expect him to be the one who fights your battles, to be the song in the midnight hour in your chain breaker, the one who doesn't just cleanse but makes whole, the one who is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, the one who makes a way when there is no way. When you have a relationship with him, that's your confidence. Stand with me all over this room. When you know the Lord and he knows you, You can say with confidence that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. I shall not be afraid. When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, they will stumble and fall. Though my enemies encamp around about me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, this I will be confident. The one thing that I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for all of my days to behold the beauty of the Lord and to require of his temple for in time of trouble he shall hide me in the pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me and he shall set me up on a rock that's our response when we have a relationship with the Lord if you believe it say amen relationship determines response One of my greatest fears of the church today is that the lost would look in and they would see a church whose response is determined by a relationship with style, with an era, with a preference, with a look, with a volume, with a tradition. Let me ask you this question. Why would the lost want to come in here and serve a God that the church won't worship? Why does the lost want to come in here and serve a God that the church won't worship? My fear is that a lost person would walk in to one of our services and they hear songs that are lifting up the name of Jesus. They hear messages being preached with the power of the Holy Ghost about the power and the blood of Jesus that still saves, that still heals, that still delivers, but see a church that is non-responsive. How dare us, how dare us have a better response to a Facebook post about race or about the president or about something else that really truly doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but we would come into the house of God and stand in the presence of the very one who saved our soul from hell, but we can't lift our hands and can't lift our voice. How dare us? I would ask you today the question, do you truly have a relationship with God? Are you spending time daily in His Word and in prayer and in His presence? Or has your relationship become predicated on showing up maybe once a month to sit through a service where you feel nothing, you respond to nothing, and you leave with nothing? Do you know him, and does he know you? Relationship determines response. My prayer is that every time that we are in this sanctuary, every time that we are here for a service or a Wednesday night Bible study or a small group meeting, that if there is worship, that is being played, and if there are messages that are being preached, that our responses would be our hands lifted and our voices raised to the Lord because we are a people, as Kyle said, we are a people of his presence because that's our response when he shows up, is we lift our hands and we lift our voices to the Lord. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of because we know that God is who he says he is. And he can do the things that he said he can do. That's enough to worship. So this morning, I want us to go out of this place today with the sound of praise. I want us to lift our voices and to lift our hands to shake the very foundation of hell today. That the gates of hell will begin to shake because we've lifted our voice together as one, as one body, as one church. But this morning, Let me ask you this, if there is any in this place today that you don't know the Lord, you have never made a decision to follow him and to give him your heart, today is your opportunity. Do not leave this place today and have an unsure relationship. Don't leave this place today saying to yourself, maybe he would say, I know you. Doesn't matter if you've been here your whole life, doesn't matter what people think you are, don't protect your position, protect your relationship. So I'm going to ask you, as we start to sing, I want you to move out. Some of you were so convicted when I was talking about doing church that you almost couldn't wait to come down here because you know I was talking about you. This is your time to respond. This is your time. Let your relationship with the Lord determine your response, that you're not going to show up here another week not having prayed, not having spent time in the Word of God. Come on and get it right today. And for the rest of us, our response right now, I want it to be praise. I want it to be worship. I want I want to shake this place with praise. Would you join me today? Can we just lift our hands? Will you lift your hands? Come on, let's enter in. Come on, if you need to come to this altar, come. Come now. Come on. Come on. Come on. You need to know the Lord. Come on. Come on. This is your time. This is your time. Come on, get it right with the Lord. Come on, get right with the Lord. Come on move 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 hallelujah come on let's worship come on sing and the praise is yours lift your voice